Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Ardella Training Podcast, the strength and performance training podcast specifically designed for those interested in strength training and optimizing physical performance. I'm your host, Scott Ardella, and this is episode number 253. Now, this week, my guest is PJ Nessler, who is a previous guest here on the podcast. PJ has been a rock star in the strength and conditioning areas, and now he's involved in a new venture that you'll hear and learn all about, as PJ is now the performance director of XPT, which is extreme performance training that was created by world-class surfer Laird Hamilton and his wife, former pro athlete Gabrielle Reese. A few quick things about this episode, and then we're going to jump right into the interview this week. First of all, the content this week is excellent, and uh, I encourage you to listen through to this with an open mind as we discussed the different paths of the XPT experience. There are different opportunities and different ways to uh, go about the XPT experience depending on who you are and uh, what you're interested in. I have to tell you that this is a very high-end uh, experience, or it, it can be, as you move through the, uh, the pathway here that you'll hear about in the show. But uh, definitely check out xptlife.com for more information and to hear and learn about the things that we discuss, including how PJ describes the XPT experience. What exactly is it? We also discuss the topics of the health benefits of breathing and the science of cold water immersion. And both of these topics, while we covered some great information, we really just kind of scratched the surface on these fascinating topics, especially breathing. And uh, he did mention some great book recommendations in this interview. And since the interview, I've purchased both of these books uh, that he recommended. And the one that I've been reading so far has really been outstanding. I'll actually talk about that at the end of the session, of the in end of the interview. So I'll go back and I'll tell you about that book. Um, but I did get both of the books that he recommended. And I am really, really interested in learning uh, more about the topic of breathing to optimize health and performance. So for right now, let's jump into the interview. I know you're going to love this one. And uh, there's some great stuff in there with, again, actionable takeaways as we wrap up this interview. So uh, enjoy this session and I'll circle back with you at the end. Enjoy. Joining me right now is coach PJ Nestler, who is a return guest on the podcast. And actually, I'm really excited about this interview. I've been wanting to talk to uh, PJ for a while. Uh, I thought we had a great session the first time around, and I know this is going to be a lot better because of all the great things that PJ is up to. So first of all, PJ, thanks so much for being here. Um, I know we had a little bit of technical uh, stuff going on before the interview, but uh, hopefully we got it all smoothed out right now. And you're just back from Italy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me back. And uh, I think it was like a year ago that I was on with you. That seems about right. I didn't look at the date before the uh, before we did this, yeah. but uh, yeah, that seems about right. About a year ago. So yeah, I just got back from Italy two days ago. Okay. Where were you in Italy? So we had a, an event in Sicily and uh, <clears throat> we were working. Google puts on this big event for... They just invite people out to this thing, like a hundred people and their families. And, uh, they invited us to be a part of it, to, to do some, um, some of our different XPT stuff. So we worked that event for three days in Sicily. And then I bounced around. I have some 
uh, fighters I used to train who live up in Northern Italy. So I went up to Venice and uh, a few other spots up in Northern Italy. Nice. So you had been to Italy before this wasn't your first go around. No, no, it was my okay. first time. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Good deal, man. Um, I went there a couple of years ago to Venice and then we actually just did a trip this summer where we went to Rome and Pompeii and then we went to Greece and uh, I, I love Italy. I mean, we could probably talk the entire show about Italy because it was just incredible as you just experienced, but <laughs> we'll yeah, talk. it was pretty amazing. Cool, man. Well, uh, so you've had a lot of changes, a lot of changes <laughs> since you and I spoke and, um, Tell us what's going on. I mean, what your new role with XPT and what all the great things that you're doing there. Sure. Uh, so my role is with XPT. I'm the director of performance. Uh, so I've been working with them for a little over a year. I started last June, July. And uh, my primary role was really when I, they first hired me was to, <clears throat> to take all the things that they were teaching. You know, XPT started as this uh, company where they would run these kind of fitness retreats. So we, we call them our experiences and they're two and a half day retreats that people come to and we do them in Malibu or uh, uh, Kauai or a couple of different places. We run a few of them a year and it's really for people to get plugged into Laird and Gabby's lifestyle, the XPT lifestyle. We take them through a whole bunch of different stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but what they wanted to do is they realized people would come out to these two and a half day events and then they would leave and say, man, that was amazing and life-changing and I want to do this stuff, but like, how do I go back and do this in New York? So they hired me and my job was to systematize everything that they were doing to turn it into a curriculum that can be taught progressions, regressions, uh, find as much as I could in order, uh, in terms of like the science behind a lot of the methods. And so I could really bring that science so that coaches, trainers, and people would, could understand it and then create a certification program. So that's what my job has been with them for the first, um, first like seven, eight months. That's pretty much all I did was build that certification. And now we launched it back in March and more. So now I teach the travel around and teach those, um, and start building up our next levels of certifications. Yeah. So I saw on the website that there are doing, you're doing the certifications all over the country, right? I mean, there's multiple locations and things like that. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we, we, we ran the first three or four in, in uh, L.A., okay. and then now this month we'll be going to Chicago, and that'll be our first one that's not in L.A., and then we're going Chicago, Houston, New York, Miami, so we'll hit all those spots, and then L.A. one more time before the end of the year. So we're trying to do one a month right now. Now, you were in Miami recently, right? What, a couple, yeah. The last couple months? Yeah, we had an XBT experience there, so we usually okay. do – one of our six experiences we do on the East coast. Got it. Um, so this year we were in Miami and probably like April, I think it was. Okay. And you're looking to come back here later for a certification. Yeah. Yeah. I think December is when we're planning on being out there for a certification. Cool. We'll dive into that more. Um, I want to go back to how did you come on board with XPT? How did that <laughs> all work out? You know, it's one of those things where you, you you talk about those kind of things happening where things just fall into place perfectly, but, but that's exactly what happened for me. You know, at the time, I think we last spoke, I was building my own business. Uh, I was really geared towards mentorships. And so I was really working on the education side. Uh, and I had built a, a 12 week mentorship program and curriculum uh, to help coaches and trainers 
learn everything about becoming coach or trainer. And then, uh, I guess right around the same time, Brian McKenzie, who used to be the performance guy with XBT, he was one of the co-founders. He ended up leaving XBT. Uh, and then they reached out to me. I, one of the investors in XBT is married to, uh, a really high level jujitsu, a, a Gracie, uh, jujitsu girl who I used to train and I also used to train her brother and all the other jujitsu people. So we had known each other a little bit, um, just from the jujitsu world. So I guess when they were looking for a performance guy, she said, why don't you reach out to PJ? And he just randomly texted me one day and we had a phone call. And the next thing I knew I was up at Laird and Gabby's house, sitting in a 200 degree sauna with Laird, <laughs> feeling like I was going to pass out and then getting thrown in an ice bath and underwater pool training, all kinds of stuff. But um, you know, it just worked out perfectly because exactly what they wanted me to do was was what I had been doing myself and really what what I had found my passion was, which is the education side of the kind of fitness business. So it was great. You know, I, I saw an opportunity to to work with people who've done amazing things in their lives and and to learn from them and then also to be able to use my skills but all but have an impact on a much larger scale than I think I could have done by myself because obviously the channels that the, the, uh, the money behind XPT is a lot higher than what, what I was doing in my own business. So just worked out. Sounds like it was a good fit, a good connection on both ends from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Nice. What, uh, what was your first impression of Laird and Gabrielle Reese? Um, so Gabby was the first person I saw when I got there and she's, she's an amazing human being. I mean, she is, she's an intimidating person just because she's so <laughs> successful and beautiful and, and just, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. But the first thing I did, you know, she, I got to their house and I was by myself and she came out, she let me in the, the gate and then she said, Oh, you must be PJ. Gave me a big hug and, you know, made me feel super welcome there. Nice. Um, and then she sent me over to Laird who was already getting the pool set up for our training. And uh, I didn't get to interact too much with Gabby that day. Uh, until later on, but I, she sent me over to Laird and we jumped right in the sauna and, uh, Laird is a, he's just a badass. You know, that's, that's, that was my first impression. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's on another level in terms of the way he thinks and the way he just like the, the curiosity he has and the exploration and the way he wants to push himself in every way. I mean, there's the kind of guy, if, if you tell him 20 minutes in the sauna is good, then he thinks an hour is better. So right. he'll just push everything further. Um, and that's, you know, I was kind of blown away when I first met both of them because they're very humble. They're very welcoming. Everybody at that, at the, you know, there's a group of people who go train up in Malibu and they're A-list celebrities and, um, you know, uh, professional athletes and stuff. And everyone just super humble and super welcoming. So that was something for me where I was like, I was a little nervous going into it that I was going to be, you know, I'm used to being the head of a lot of these companies I've worked for and running my own business. And I was like, man, am I, am I going to be just in the shadow of Laird and Gabby the whole time? You know, and that was kind of my, one of my big hesitations was I don't want to be at this company and be putting all this work in, but really just be like, oh yeah, that guy also works for XBT, but it's kind of un, in a shadow of Laird and Gabby. And what I realized with, for within the first day was just how humble and how, uh, supportive these people were. So that was really my first impression. And, and I was, I was sold on it after that. Nice. How do you describe XPT? I mean, someone that's listening to this, they don't know 
too much about it. How, how do you describe what, what it is? <clears throat> That's been a challenge we've had for a long time. And what I tell people is XPT is a performance lifestyle. Uh-huh. And our goal is to help create the most versatile and resilient human beings possible. So to do that, you know, then we have obviously all the different layers of our business and what we, what we do, but that's kind of the, the philosophy and the, um, <clears throat> that's kind of the, uh, the foundation that underpins every single thing that we're doing. Who is it for? I mean, who benefits the most from the, the lifestyle? That's why I think XPT is so amazing because it is literally for everybody. Uh, it's it's really hard to find something in fitness. You know, it's it's kind of like saying, well, who are kettlebells for? Well, kettlebells are for anybody. You know, everybody can benefit from training with kettlebells. It just depends on the prescription. Right. And that's really what we find with the methods of XPT is the people who come to our, the people who are attracted to XPT are mostly type A go-getters, high-end executives, athletes, you know, people who are looking to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, and we get a few people at our experiences who are kind of going through a transition in life and they're looking for something that's going to challenge them physically and mentally. Uh, you, maybe they just quit their job that they've had for 15 years and changing industries altogether because they were unhappy or they're going through a divorce. We, we have a lot of people who are in a, a major transition point in their lives. Um, so, but really the people who connect with it are, are people who are looking to challenge themselves and get outside their comfort zone and looking for new ways to challenge their mind and challenge their body. Um, and they can, you know, the reason I like it so much is, you know, one of the big things I preach at the certifications is there is no, this is XPT. You don't have to live Laird Hamilton's lifestyle to do XPT. Uh, you can do your exactly what you do every day in your normal training, but you add in some breath work and maybe you do an ice bath once a week. Well, that's XPT. If you're following the kind of foundation. So we're not uh, putting a, a stake in the sand and saying like, this is how everyone should train. If you want to be training like us, um, we're really providing things that can be added on to any fitness program, any lifestyle uh, to just make people move better, live better, feel better. Um, that's really our goal. So what types of people, you talked about the personality type, but what are you seeing um, as far as people that come to the, the events and the different, um, I guess, the different levels, which we're going to talk about? What are you seeing, you know, athletes to coaches to just the everyday kind of fitness enthusiasts? Are you seeing all these different people uh, come in to the XPT? Yeah, our experiences are mostly... Uh, mostly business people. We have a, a lot of them are fitness oriented people. We, we get a, a lot of people who compete in triathlons or ultra marathons, um, CrossFitters, but you know, like CrossFit, um, Brian McKenzie is a CrossFit guy. So we had a big following in CrossFit. So a lot of people from that, but then we get a handful that are not athletes that aren't very fit that haven't worked out in a while. Um, but they're just looking for a challenge. And we had a lady who was her husband made her go because she hasn't left the house in like 15 years. And she had her kids because she's had so much fear and anxiety and she just wanted to, to, to push herself out of her comfort zone. And she forced herself to come and she was amazing. Uh, and some of those people, I think it's always fun working with the high level athletes and the, the fitness people who will, who will push themselves and, you know, they'll run through a brick wall. 
but I think the the biggest thing for me in our experience is the people that I've uh, really gravitated to the most are the people who are not in that world and they're the way that they're able to challenge themselves and, and the breakthroughs that they have mentally or spiritually, it, it's pretty amazing to be a part of. So um, it's a really a wide variety. I mean, my mom came to one of them in Kauai and she's, she, she's fit, but she does, she's 60 years old. She doesn't work out, you know, she's not running ultra triathlons. Um, so we get a wide variety, not a lot of coaches. Um, and that's why we wanted to probably because it's really expensive. You know, these are, these are high end retreats that cost between five to seven thousand dollars uh for three days so it's we don't get a ton of coaches and that's why we wanted to develop this coaching network because we realize we only run six of these a year we only take 25 people at them so it's only a couple hundred people that we can get uh you know 150 or whatever people that we can get uh take to take them through this so we want to develop this network of coaches and then these coaches can go out and run little mini workshops where we can expose people to some of the stuff that we're doing, teach them the breath work, put them in an ice bath, put them in the pool, um, show them all these different things, but on a much smaller scale so that we can you know, impact a lot more people. So talk about that. Talk about like, maybe the, the different levels. Okay. Um, so workshops, experiences, certifications, where does someone come in? How do they kind of progress along to the different levels that you've kind of been talking about here? Sure. So there's two different paths. If you're talking on a consumer path of, uh, you know, I'm just a regular fitness person. I don't train other people. I'm not looking to train other people, but I just want to experience this stuff. Uh, then step one would be, we've got classes. So that would be like, you know, I'll, I'll run a Saturday breathing class out in the park and people can come to that. And I just, I'll do them randomly or we'll have our, any of our XPT coaches can do this, can do that as well. So if there's a certified coach in your area, they could run a, a XPT class or a fire and ice session where it's, you know, um, the, the sauna, the ice bath. Um, so those would be kind of just standalone, just like you'd go to a, a you know, a CrossFit class or any type of class. Right. The next level would be a workshop. And a workshop is like, a workshop's required to have at least three elements of XPT. And those are usually three to four hours. Uh, and it's required to always have breathing. And then it has to have one of about 10 different things, including mobility, nature workouts, ice bath, sauna, pool. It has to have one of those three because that's what people see a lot from us is an ice bath, sauna, and pool. So it has to have one of those three. But other than that, it just has three elements of XPT. And those can be run by XPT certified coaches as well. So those are great little, you know, mini uh, consumer-based things that are just really to, to feel it, just to experience it. Because that's one of the big things we say. I mean, we'll get into the certification in a second. I mean, I, we have tons of science behind what we do, mm-hmm. but most people don't care about that. And what we tell them is just come try it, just do it. And then we'll talk about all the other benefits, but just trust me, come do it. Um, and we'll, I, we'll get into more of that on in a second on the coaches. And then the last level, well, the next level for a consumer would be a retreat. We don't have any of those yet because a retreat is a two-day, um, basically very similar to our experiences, but these are run by level two certified coaches. Okay. Uh, so it's an, a, we don't have those yet. We don't even have our, our level two certification isn't out yet, um, but that'll be the next step. If people really wanted to do this kind of whole experience of the fully immersive two-day thing, 
but they can't come out to one of our events, they can go to one of these local events. So that could be run by an XBT coach in your area. Um, and then the next level, kind of our pinnacle would be our experience. And the experience is the two and a half day. Uh, that's where Laird and Gabby are going to be there. So obviously it's going to be, um, you know, they'll be in, in Kauai or Malibu or those tropical places where that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the pinnacle. You'll be with the whole XBT team, the, the founders. Um, so that's the consumer kind of track. And then the other thing is the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. So you're going to talk about the other. Yeah. Then if you're a coach, we've got uh, the level one coaching certification and that's really designed. You have to be a certified personal trainer, physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach. You have to have some background in exercise science and and knowledge because we're not teaching that stuff. We're teaching the next level of it. So you have to kind of understand physiology and anatomy. Um, And that is a two and a half day course. And that's really geared on education. So in the experience, it's all about the experience. It's all about feeling it. We'll tell you some of why we do things, but uh, the certification, you, you'll obviously get to feel the stuff, but these are, this is designed to be an educational curriculum. It's, it's lectures and practicals. Uh, you get a lot of practice. It's broken up into our three pillars, which is breathe, move, recover. Um, and we spend a whole day on breath work, the physiology behind it. Uh, then we get into a whole bunch of different practical stuff with, with breath, breathing for health, breathing for performance, breathing for, to improve your sleep, breathing during exercise, breathing to recover all kinds of different breathing protocols. Um, so that's our certification program and that's designed for coaches and trainers who want to go implement this stuff, coach it, teach it. Uh, and then once they do, we have a network, you know, they can coach people, they can go run workshops, they can go run classes. Uh, they can become an affiliate. So we'll have affiliate location gyms, just like CrossFit. Um, and, and you can actually add on, you don't have to open your own facility. You can already, if you've got a CrossFit gym, you can become an XPT affiliate by just adding a few pieces to your location. And, and then you can run XPT branded breathing classes or sauna sessions or whatever you want to do that kind of fits into our framework. Um, and then you can run workshops and stuff like that. And then we'll be building out the level two certification, which will just be a much deeper dive into a lot of the the different elements. And that will be uh, the benefit of that one is you're now allowed to run uh, retreats. So those are the full two day retreats. How many coaches are there now? I think we have just uh, under 50. I think we're probably 40 something. Okay. So it's a tight knit group. Yes, it's a very small group. And that was kind of our goal. We wanted to keep it very exclusive this first year. Our goal for this first year was to have that somewhere around 200. Okay. Um, so we've been, we've been having somewhere between 8 to 12, 14 at each certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that, we also didn't really market the first couple. We just kind of wanted to roll them out and just get them going and uh, start to – the challenge for us is our logistics are a huge nightmare. Uh, we have to have – a conference room, a, a sauna that can fit 20 people, a pool that can fit 20 people that they'll let us bring dumbbells in and take over for three hours, yeah. uh, a place we can do the ice baths, a gym that we can work out in. So it's, it's a huge challenge to find a place to do the search for two and a half days. Yeah. Uh, but we knew that going into it the, the first year until we start having some affiliate locations and some places where uh, that are kind of hubs for this stuff. We knew that it would be a, a logistical challenge. Wow. You've talked about the breathing. You've mentioned the, the, uh, the ice baths, the cold water immersion. Um, you mentioned the science, you know, a lot of science behind this. 
Um, I've seen some of the science actually that was posted on like Instagram, which is great. You know, you guys put the the science out there, the links to the studies. I'm kind of a nerd. I'll go and and grab the study. Um, one of the studies was the the ACE study on the effect of cold water immersion. Really interesting study. Uh, it was done in untrained individuals. Had some good results, but in untrained individuals. What are you seeing in in the real world in the people that are that are trained? How are you using the ice baths, and and what are you seeing? in the real world? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's really a few, and this is probably the biggest thing that we get challenged on because people will grab one or two studies, as you know, and they'll cherry pick what they found in those studies and they don't do the full analysis of the research. And that's what, you know, we've been lucky. We've got some advisors. Uh, Dr. Andy Galpin is one of our, is our exercise physiology advisor. And him and I went through thousands of studies on cryotherapy, ice bath, cold water immersion, uh, saunas, all different thermal regulation to really try to, the, the research on that stuff is all over the place. Yeah. So what we tried to do is review as much of it as possible and then draw the best kind of uh, median line on what we think is happening. So what we found with uh, the cold water immersions is really, there's a ton of benefit to cardiovascular, neuromuscular recovery, uh, reduction in, in delayed onset muscle soreness, uh, desensitization of, of pain. Um, so a lot of it from a recovery standpoint, it's pretty well backed in the research, although the methods are kind of all over the place uh, in terms of the temperatures, the durations. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the things and we found and that that's in trained and untrained populations. So there's plenty of research on, on endurance athletes, strength athletes, different athletes. And then some of the newer research that's come out has been showing contraindications for strength or hypertrophy strength athletes or people trying to, to build muscle to use an ice bath immediately post-training because it'll blunt some of the signaling that you're actually trying to create in the gym. Um, so what we, you know, a very simple solution to that is we just tell those people don't do it immediately afterwards. You know, if your goal is strength or hypertrophy of that training session, then wait two or three hours. Uh, we usually say about three hours, and this comes from Dr. Andy Galpin, because a lot of that signaling and that in inflammatory process happens within the first hour post-training. So if we wait three hours, then you're going to, you're not going to run into those same, well, this is at least our interpretation because no one studied it yet, but we don't think that you'll run into the same uh, effects in terms of blunting that signaling. You'll still have the time to adapt to that. And then you can use the ice bath to, you know, if you're looking for a recovery standpoint, but one of the other big, big reasons we use the ice bath is psychological. And probably the reason that most people feel so amazing after the ice bath is, is mostly psychological. Now you do get a big release in, in, uh, endorphins, dopamine, uh, noradrenaline, all kinds of stuff, testosterone, growth hormone, you get a huge spike in all these things during an ice bath, you know, similar to what you do from training. So people feel great afterwards. Yeah. But one of the big things is we teach people, one of the things that we're working on a lot is teaching people breathing and psychology and mindset and how those things go together to control your emotional states. And we teach people that, and then we immediately challenge them by putting them in an ice bath and in the pool doing breath holding, crazy different breath holding exercises. And we try to challenge them. We put them in this extremely stressful environment. I mean, when people get into our ice baths, our ice baths are about 20 to 25 degrees colder than most ice baths. So 
we have people who are like, oh yeah, I did. I, I used to do ice baths when I played football in college. I'm like, yeah, this is 25 degrees colder than that one. Yeah. And those ones are pretty brutal. So they're, they're, they're really cold. They're 32 to 36 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, you know, it, it's really cold. You're sitting in about six inches of ice. So when people get in, they get that in and we dunk our head all the way under. So when you get your chest and your head under the water, you get that shock. You can't breathe. Your, your heart rate increases. Your, you start to uh, hyperventilate. So what we do is we try to teach people how to relax, how to control their breathing, how to overcome that stress response. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that we see with people. And honestly, one of the biggest takeaways I had with XPT in the first couple of months of doing it was the psychological aspect. And I have a pretty bad claustrophobia mm-hmm. and to the point where I used to take medicine, you know, I used to take, uh, anti-anxiety medication on planes, uh, couldn't do an MRI. I had to get sedated to do MRIs. And I finally, this year I, I had almost two panic attacks. I don't, I don't even bring medication with me on the plane anymore, but I had two pretty close panic attacks on a plane and I was able to overcome it using the exact same breathing and mindset that I used in the ice bath. Uh, and then same thing I did an MRI, I had to do an MRI on my shoulder and I was in there. Normally it put me in for about a minute and I hit the button and I'm out. And, uh, this time I was, they didn't sedate me. They put me in and I was in there for 35 minutes, I think. And I, same thing. I just controlled my breathing and controlled my mind the whole time. And I was able to overcome it. And I was like, man, there's something, there's something here to this. And that's what every single person has said. Like I'm able to use these things and it it transcends the ice bath or the pool. Um, and as you know, it's similar to you put yourself in a really, really bad stressful situation and you expose yourself to these stressful situations regularly, you're going to come back more resilient, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, you're going to come back more resilient to these things. Um, and you're going to learn how to control that stress response. And the the beauty of the ice bath or the pool is we can put people in these very, very stressful situations where they get to the point mentally and they're like, I can't do this. There's no way, you know, I have to get out of the ice or I can't hold my breath on this, on this swim that we're doing. And then they're able to find that wall and then overcome it. And they overcome these mental obstacles. And that's where people have massive breakthroughs. And people, you know, general population all the way up through my UFC fighters that I train. Um, you know, these are guys that go, they go fight in the gym for three hours. So to find something where they're mentally like, I can't do this, it doesn't exist in their world because they can push through anything until you put them in an ice bath or in the pool. And I saw really quickly the benefit they were having from that is we found a way that we could push ourselves to some, to the brink of this isn't possible. I can't do this. And then be able to overcome that with positive psychology, with uh, different breathing tactics to calm your physiological responses to stress and pain. Um, so that's one of the big, big things. And the, the reason I think people feel so amazing after they do them. Uh, but we're pretty confident that there's some great physiological benefits too. Uh, the research just isn't there yet. You know, it was good to see that, uh, you know, the study that was put out, I mean, it's a good study. I just, you know, my, my thought was just, you know, it's untrained individuals and I I read the entire study. I mean, I, and I thought, again, that was fantastic that, you know, you put out the study and it's, you know, every study is a piece of the puzzle, right? And, you know, you're looking at a lot of, uh, you know, no study is perfect. You're looking at everything together and, uh, Sounds like there's a lot to be uh, uncovered yet in in the science part of this, but it sounds like you're seeing some some great things with the physiological and the psychological that you mentioned. Um, specifically, 
what what's the time that uh, you're using? And then the other kind of specific question is, what kind of tub would you recommend for someone at home that's maybe interested in this and they want to use some type of uh, tub at home? So in our ice baths, we we typically like for myself for people with XPT layered, we'll go three to five minutes. Uh, when we take people through it the first time, we usually shoot for 30 seconds to three minutes. The 30 seconds is because we want people, it's a shock and we want people to just overcome that stress response. So you get through the first 30 seconds, you've usually been able to calm your breathing. If you're just panicking the whole time and you're tense and you're you know, hyperventilating, you're going to get out in the first 30 seconds. So if we can teach people to just get through that first 30 seconds, uh, and some people can't, some people at our events, we, uh, we do a few different rounds, so they'll do, maybe they'll be in for 10 seconds and they get out and then we say, okay, that's fine. You know, we will talk to them. Gabby is phenomenal at, at talking to people and coaching. She's a, she's a, a world-class coach, uh, in terms of making you feel comfortable, but also pushing you to get outside your comfort zone. Um, so we'll take people through for 30 seconds to three minutes is our, usually our goal with them. And then uh, our recommendation is about three to five minutes. So when I do them, I'll usually do three minutes. Uh, and what I always tell people is the, the duration is going to depend on the temperature. Yeah. So the reason we go so short is there's not a lot of research on ice baths under 40 degrees uh, okay. Fahrenheit. I think I've only seen one study that was at 40 degrees. Most of them are like 55 to 60. Okay. But the durations are like 45 minutes to an hour. So one of the big things for us is we figured one, if it's going to be colder, no way you're staying in there for an hour. So if you go colder, you probably don't need as long. And two, you know, we saw with the, the study that was done at 40 degrees was one of the only ones where we actually saw people's core body temperature starting to drop uh, versus like a cryo chamber. It doesn't your core body temperature doesn't really change. And, and where we think a lot of the physiological benefits going to come from outside of recovery is going to be when your core body temperature starts to drop because that's when your body's going to have to respond and starts to activate cold shock proteins and different uh, increasing mitochondria and all kinds of different stuff that needs to respond because it's saying that, Hey, if I, if my body temperature keeps dropping, I'm going to die. So, you know, it's, it's called a hormetic effect, which is when, you know, a small exposure to something is beneficial that at a heart higher dosage would be deadly. So we talk about like, Snake venom is the example people always give, but saying, you know, a breath hold, an ice bath, a sauna, any of those things are a hormesis because we're putting you in a sauna where your body's going to get this stressful response to that heat. And then if you stayed in there for two hours, you're going to die from it. So we're giving you a much smaller dose so that you can uh, develop some resilience and you can, you know, just like we do with exercise. I uh, lost. Oh, sorry. Your question was, so we stay in for three to five minutes. We keep them under 40 degrees. What I tell people is if you can't get it that cold, if you don't have enough ice, stay in a little longer. So if your ice bath's more like 45 to 50, stay in for 12 to 15 minutes. Um, but we always tell people if you start to have extreme, extreme pain in your feet or your hands, just take them out uh, so you can stay in there longer. And obviously, you know, check in with your body. I think you're a little safer in the ice bath because we don't stay in for very long and people will get sharp pains in their feet or their ankles or usually spots that get poor circulation. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the benefits that we'll see from this ice and heat is improvements in that circulation over time. 
Uh, so that's our, our recommendation is three to five minutes under 40 degrees Celsius, uh, Fahrenheit. And then we do two or three rounds of that. So depending on the day or depending on uh, when it is, sometimes if I'm going to do one round, I'll usually try to stay in a little longer. So it might be just one five minute round uh, or usually we'll do two or three rounds and we like to go get hot in between. So uh, here at my house, I have a freezer um, that I, I sit in one of the big chest freezers full of water that just keeps the temperature at about 36 degrees. So I just sit in that and then I don't have a sauna. So I'll just go lay on the concrete and in the sun and heat myself back up. But at XBT, we jump and we throw them in the sauna and they'll go sit in our 220 degree barrel saunas up at Laird's house for long enough to get hot. And if we have time, we like them to get really hot. So they're uncomfortable. So we're kind of going extreme in the temperatures. Um, but if not, you know, we'll tell people sometimes we've used a hot tub or a steam room or whatever we can to just get you warm enough that you can get back in and do another round in the ice. All right. So you like to do the, uh, extreme temperatures you were talking about, uh, ice therapy basically, and then mixing that with, with heat. Uh, so did you say that like, like jacuzzis are, are fine, like any, any type of, um, environment where you're getting warm from after the cold exposure? Yeah, they're not ideal, but we okay. use them because we, everyone doesn't have a sauna. So right. people ask us all the time. Our preferred method is the dry sauna. Uh, we like, we use the barrel, we use the barrel saunas cause they get up to like 220, 230 degrees Fahrenheit. So, uh, you get hot really quickly, but we've used infrared saunas. They just don't get as hot. So it takes longer, uh, steam rooms can work. Hot tubs are a little weird at first. When you first get in after the ice bath, it kind of stings uh, and you actually feel cold for like the first three minutes, but then you'll get, you'll get warm enough to get back in. Uh, they just don't, they don't get you as hot. And I'm actually trying to look for some research on hot tubs, uh, steam rooms, because I've seen research comparing infrared and, and regular dry saunas and I haven't seen a ton on steam rooms. So I want to see how those do in terms of bringing your core body temperature up because I know obviously a lot of times you can sit in a hot tub for you know 45 minutes or an hour and yeah. you obviously you definitely can't do that in a 220 degree sauna so I'm, I'm assuming that they don't bring your core body temperature up nearly as high what's the main benefit of and maybe you just said it maybe is it just to elevate the the body temperature after the extreme cold is that the primary purpose of doing the the heat no. So the heat brings a whole nother avenue of recovery benefits and okay. also uh, potential benefits for improvements in performance and, and overall health. We, we've seen in the research, a lot of stuff on disease populations. So it seems that a lot of these things are tested in disease populations. First, uh, a lot of the sauna and ice bath stuff seems to be tested in disease populations, but we've seen a lot of stuff for all kinds of stuff, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, um, inflammatory diseases like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so we've seen a bunch of stuff in the research for potential benefits for that. Uh, one of the ones I think we just posted about, or we're about to post about soon is about a study showing sauna, uh, heat therapy for controlling uh, type two diabetes and obesity. Um, so there's a whole bunch of benefits. And then you know, there's also something called heat shock proteins that are activated when you're exposed to extreme temperatures and same thing with the cold, there's cold shock proteins that are activated from cold temperatures, but both of those different type proteins also have a ton of other 
responsibilities and, and roles in the body. And some of them are like cleaning up damaged cells, autophagy, uh, cleaning up misfolded and damaged, you know, repairing misfolded and damaged proteins uh, and DNA and all kinds of stuff like that. So the theory, and there's not science that connects all these dots, and there's, there's people right now kind of who jump a little too far from mechanism to application. You know, as you know, just because something was activated in a in a mouse in research doesn't if sit it who is in a a cold room for two days doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the same thing in a human. And then that also doesn't necessarily mean that even if it's activated, that it's also performing these other tasks at a higher level. But it's promising. So that's what that's what a lot of the research is on these things is promising. Um, the more that's coming out, the more benefits we're seeing. So we haven't seen a ton what's not really like two studies come out showing it's promising and then two studies come out showing it's negative. It's it's like 10 to one uh, in terms of the, what we're seeing. So we use the heat stress as for a whole bunch of different things as a stressor itself. And then also as a recovery in between uh, ice baths. You know, research aside, like what, what going back to the question of what are you seeing in the real world? Do you have a case study or, or several case studies where uh, you've seen uh, strength athletes specifically that um, have had, you know, significant benefit in terms of recovery from their training by using this approach? I mean, is that something that you're seeing a lot of? Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have a ton of people that are using the methods, so it's hard. Like that's where the challenge in research too, is it's some people do ice baths, but they do it once every three weeks, but I've used it with my athletes. So we were doing an ice bath, a sauna, uh, sauna sessions twice a week ice bath once a week and then pool training once a week with my UFC athletes. And I was seeing, uh, I'm, but I'm not measuring, you know, it's very observational because I'm not controlling all the variables and I wasn't measuring anything. So that's one of the things we're trying to do now is start to get some more case studies that we're actually measuring, uh, you know, using Omega wave to measure recovery. So it's really anecdotal, but we have thousands of anecdotal, you know, we have, um, Joe Kim Noah, who spends the whole his whole summer and off season living at Laird and Gabby's and doing the training three days a week, uh, and he credits it for getting him back to actually being able to play basketball. Um, we we've got a handful of uh, rugby athletes, hockey players who swear by saunas for recovery, uh, ice baths. I mean, the the recovery stuff actually came, or the saunas originally came from, I think Paul Check and Chris Chelios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Chris Chelly was a former NHL player. And then he said he's been using it with hundreds of NH- NHL guys. And it's, you know, the main reason that he was able to play for so long and extend his career. So it's very anecdotal in those senses, but there, it's a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds. And the, the, the common denominator is they're all using these methods and they're all saying they're getting some significant benefit from it. So whether they that's and then actually some of the research shows that uh when athletes feel that they're receiving a beneficial treatment they have less they actually perform better in their subsequent performance tests and they report less feelings of fatigue muscular recovery so like that was some of the research on cryotherapy versus cold water immersions and stuff and I, that's what i tell people all the time like if you feel better after doing cryotherapy do cryotherapy because yeah. it's probably helping you recover yeah. if you actually feel like you feel better afterwards. Um, 
I feel the same though, way. I feel the same way for the record, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, even though the research doesn't seem to support yeah. that yet, right? Like if it, you know, the research does support that if you think you're getting receiving a beneficial treatment, you're going to feel better the next day. So uh, that's one of the big things with us. But yeah, a lot of the stuff we have is very anecdotal and it's all over the place in terms of methods. So really one of the things we want to do now is we're, we're working with sports teams, athletes, and military populations. And we're trying to find a few different groups in there that we can create case studies and we can actually start measuring and then start using all of these methods and seeing what's really happening. Cool. Uh, is there a, a resource that you would recommend to learn more about the the topic that we just talked about? Really, the the you know cold water immersion and and cryotherapy and and the heat contrast and all that. Is there an article, a book, or a resource that comes to mind that maybe just people could go to to, to learn more about this? Uh, not really, unfortunately. It's it's all over. I mean, that was the the biggest challenge for me. The, from the breathing side, there's I have a, a handful. Uh, of great recommendations in terms of books, the breathing stuff, there's tons of good information, okay. but the, the ice baths, the only thing that's out there right now, and I hesitate to point people towards it is Dr. Rhonda Patrick put out a, a report, a sauna report and a cold report. And it's basically preaching all the benefits of cold water immersion and sauna. There's two different reports and they're free on her website. Her website is called like foundmyfitness.com, I believe. They're free reports. You can download them. They're about 15 pages long. They're super dense with research studies that she quotes. But the big problem is, you know, I think it's great that people read them because it makes you think that, man, these things are going to change your whole life. And we do believe that these are going to change people's lives. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the research that she quotes, so so one of the first things we did is we went through every single research study from her, uh, her book and a lot of the stuff she's jumping pretty far from mechanism to application. And there's a lot of stuff where she's claiming that, you know, you're going to get this benefit if you sit in a sauna for 20 minutes. And then you look at the research she quotes to support that. And it's like a a mouse that was, you know, that they damage its muscle. You know, for example, one of the benefits they talk about is like improving muscle protein synthesis. And I think the header is like build more muscle by sitting in the sauna. And then you look at the research and it was actually a rat that they damaged its muscle. So it was recovering a damaged muscle and they were directly uh, producing like heat in that specific area. And you're like, ah, that's, wow. That's a little too far to jump on some of these things, but you know, most people who read it probably aren't going to dig through all the science to figure that stuff out. So I'd say there's still some good stuff in there and it'll give you a pretty good background on some of the science that's out there. But I just, I always warn people, just be careful with believing things just because there's research studies quoted in it, uh, because it's very easy for people to manipulate the findings of a research study. All right. Well, that, that's good to know and uh, good information to point out about kind of the flaws with, with research. Um, you did mention maybe some books or resources around breathing. We didn't really talk about that. Um, for time purposes, I won't go down that um, topic because we'd probably spend a lot of time there. Um, but is there maybe a follow-up resource or two that you would recommend? Uh, yeah, probably the, the best one I recommend. There's, there's two I recommend to people. If you're just looking for a very beginner introduction to breath work, uh, there's a book called Just Breathe by Dan Brule, B-R-U-L-E. Uh, that one is a 
super simple to read. It's basically this guy's a, a breathing uh, guru and he's been with every single person who's doing any type of breath work. He's basically explored it. He's done it. He, he kind of condenses it all into a few pages. So you'll hear three pages on the Wim Hof method and then four pages on this. And he kind of just takes you through all this different breath work, what it's good for, gives you some practical stuff you can implement. So that's a good one for people who are just interested, you know, kind of consumers with no uh, background knowledge. And then if you want to dig a little bit deeper, um, one of our kind of foundational books behind a lot of what we teach on breathing is called the oxygen advantage. And that one goes pretty deep into the physiology, the science behind breath work. Um, a lot of it is based on the Buteco method, but it's written by our, our breathing advisor, uh, Patrick McEwen. And that's a really good one too. It'll really give you a deep understanding. And Patrick McEwen is our, he's our breathing advisor. So he helped write a lot of the breathing portion, uh, at least the foundation behind the breathing portion of our certification. So that's a really good one if you really want to understand it, but it's, a, it is a little bit more dense in science. So it can be confusing for people that don't have that background. Well, cool. Two uh, great resources. I'm pretty sure I've seen both of those books on Amazon. I don't have either one of them. Um, I don't know if you remember, but our previous interview, and I'm pretty sure that it was you that recommended, uh, you know, when I close down a, a podcast, I say, what's the a book that you'd recommend for the audience? And I think you recommended at the time, Extreme Ownership. And I read that about yeah. six months ago, which is incredible. I mean, really. You liked it? I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, still, I, think I mean, there's a lot of information there from Jocko and all that, but um, immediate impact on me. So. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. That's still probably in my top three that I recommend to people. Nice, nice. So besides uh, xptlife.com, um, where else can people find you to learn more about you know what you do and any questions from this interview? Uh, best social media place to catch you online, all that stuff. I'm primarily on Instagram. Uh, all of my social media, I have Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, I'm pretty active on YouTube too. I put a lot of my longer content on YouTube, uh, but I put a ton of stuff on, on Instagram. My Facebook is really kind of just me sharing things from Instagram, but all of my con all of my stuff is coach PJ Nestler. Okay. Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, those are all under coach PJ Nestler. Um, those are the best ways to find me. I have a website too, which is coach PJ but I don't post a ton of content to there anymore. Now that I'm, I'm really deep. Uh, XPT is pretty much primarily what I'm doing at this at this point. So uh, most of my stuff you'll find either on my social media or uh, on XPT's platform. Very cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this. And um, I I got a lot out of it personally because I wanted to learn a lot about the XPT uh, you know experience and what's going on there. And uh, certainly things have changed a lot in the last year with all the the things that you're doing. And um, what would be the actionable takeaway that someone can use after listening to our, our chat session here today? Uh, the biggest thing is just get outside your comfort zone. What, that's what XPT is all about. And, and that doesn't mean we like to use the excuse as, fit, as trainers or fitness people that we are doing that every day. But in reality, the gym is our comfort zone. So that's one of the things I realized really quickly is I always told myself I was pushing myself out of my comfort zone because I push it really hard in the gym and I work out hard, but I wasn't really because that the gym and working out hard in the gym is my comfort zone. So when you put me in the pool, I, that was way outside my comfort zone or the ice bath or 
some of the breath hold stuff we do. So that's one of the biggest things is just get outside your comfort zone and, and you'll learn really quickly. You'll learn a lot about yourself there. Um, so that would be step one. Step two, learn more about breathing because it is, it is the biggest, most impactful thing that we teach that it underpins everything we do and it, it can literally change people's lives. Fantastic. And you gave two great resources. And then uh, is there anything on XPT that, that you would recommend as far as breathing or any, any videos or anything like that? that uh... We just revamped our website. So we've got, we'll be having a ton of content uh, coming out on there, articles, videos. Um, we are launching an app pretty soon. And that's going to be where people can go. The, the, we're going to have tons of things that you can follow along where I'll lead you through different breathwork sessions based on waking you up in the morning, putting you to sleep at night, whatever the situation is, we'll have things that you can follow. So the XPT app, I'd say it's going to be the, the best resource for that stuff. Uh, and that should be coming out in a couple months. I think October is our target date for that. Um, but we do have some content on our website and I put out free stuff about breathing tips, tricks, all that kind of stuff. We put that out on, on XPT social media and on my social media. So just to kind of end this thing, maybe um, you talked about breathing and basically different applications for sleep, for performance, for a lot of different things. So all breathing is not the same, right? So yeah, we, what I teach at the certification is breathing is a variable and it can be manipulated to create different adaptations, different physiological responses, just like everything else. Uh, it's not just that we breathe in and out. Uh, there's, there's something to it in terms of mechanically how we breathe and, and how we should breathe at different times, different activities, just like how you squat, you know, the squat is a movement and you can do it to sit down or you could do it loaded with weight, or you can do it, you can do it a hundred thousand different ways and it's going to all create different responses and they're all different prescriptions and, and uh, same thing with the breath. But step one for people is just learning how to do it right. Cause most of us have lost the ability to do it efficiently due to poor posture or bad positions, poor diets, all kinds of stuff. So that's one of our things is let's, let's first reset the foundation and just watch all of the other things that are affected in your life uh, by restoring that foundation. Cool. Well, let's take everything you just said as another action step to go and learn more about breathing. And you certainly provide a lot of great resources. So uh, PJ, thanks, man. This has been a blast and honor and uh, so glad to have you back on the show and do this. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's always fun chatting with you. So I appreciate the invite. All right, guys. Well, listen, in the beginning of this podcast session, I mentioned that I had purchased both of the books that PJ recommended since the interview. And the one that I've been reading so far is the book Just Breathe by Dan Brule. And uh, it is a really good book. I have to recommend it uh, to you because I'm about halfway done this book right now. And it's filled with great uh, breathing techniques and a lot of the rationale behind why the techniques and uh, a lot of these techniques come from so many breath masters, uh, such as Wim Hof, for example. But a lot of great information in this book. It's an easy read. I think you'll get a lot of value from it. And uh, as PJ mentioned, go and learn about breathing. I think this is something that we can all benefit from no matter who you are or what your goals are. I think uh, good movement, good performance, it all starts with good breathing as we've talked about a lot here on the podcast. So check that book out and I'll certainly have feedback for the other book, The Oxygen Advantage as well. 
uh, after I read that book. So that's a wrap for this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you're not part of the Ardella Training community, make sure to go to ardellatraining.com forward slash join, and I'll hope to see you on the inside. Thanks for joining me this week, and we'll talk again soon. Have a great week, guys. Take care.